Our economy is crashing. Inflation is out of control. Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve. <laughs> They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move. Russia has joined with China. Okay. <laughs> the USA is a mess. It's not real. It's just a dream. Please, please wake up. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Speaking Out America, where we cover politics, culture, and trends Monday through Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on CRNTalk.com across the CRN digital network. And uh, thanks to the crew down at uh, headquarters, Mike Horn, and uh, Jeremy Dayton, and all the the great guys, Suede. Uh, And uh, man, you know, you could just really feel the spring is in the air. Uh, Yesterday, I went outside just to get a little bit of sunshine in the late afternoon. And, uh, there were no CMs everywhere. You know what? No CMs are right. Those little baby mosquitoes. And I, I don't think I was out for more than five minutes and I came in and I felt like I had bites all over my arms and my toes, but you know, it's beautiful. Uh, the trees, you know, we were hit by a hurricane last year. So a lot of our trees were still bare and now they're starting to come back to life and there's color in the air and, just uh, staying up late because the sun isn't setting until 8, 8.15. So it's very nice, very nice. We want to also uh, uh, offer our condolences to Jerry Springer. Uh, he is a man of many accomplishments. He's been an entertainer as far as I can remember. And he, of course, died from uh, an undisclosed disease that he was dealing with. A lot to know about that man. He was a former lawyer, television host, politician in the United States, best known for hosting his long-running tabloid talk show the jerry springer show which premiered back in 1991 and became known for its controversial and sensational content the show was famous for featuring guests with extreme positions and sometimes i felt embarrassed to be an american watching that show and i know a lot of my friends secretly watched it and it was pretty outrageous for its time and it still is the show was famous for guests fighting with each other and it was one of the highest rated daytime programs in America. And Springer became a household name. Didn't he also try to run for president? Now, before his television career, he was a politician. Many of you may know that he served as mayor from Cincinnati from 1977 to 1978. He also worked as a political commentator and news anchor and had a short-lived daytime talk show called The Jerry Springer Show in 1990. And I think I remember that. I think I remember that. I may have even worked at a radio station that carried it. Uh, he continued to appear, uh, appear in television as a guest and as a host of other programs, and he remained popular uh, up till the very end. So for a man who, uh, if, if, if broadcasting was his choice, he had a great career, uh, very envious. A lot of people would be very envious to have that kind of a career. And Jerry Springer uh, will certainly be missed, but his legacy will live on, as they say. So how are you doing? It's uh, back uh, back to work Thursday for a lot of us. And we do have a, a great guest coming up a little bit later uh, on this uh, episode. We'll, is it Kevin Stockland? I think we're going to be talking to, um, let me pull that up here. I have it right here. Uh, we're going to be talking to Kevin Jackson, who has not been on this program before. And Kevin is a very outspoken African-American conservative. And he's got a lot to say about some of the things that are going on including what's happening in trans sports, which is just absolutely nuts. Um, a lot of states now are creating laws and legislation to keep transgender men from competing in women's sports 
And in some ways, they're fighting a very losing battle. This has been going on now for a couple of years. It started with that that swimmer. Well, it actually kind of started with um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, she was a she was she he was the one who opened up the door to that national conversation, and we've been having it ever since. And the argument is that if a person wants to transition to another uh, sex, then we are to obligate that person by affirming them. And I think we talked about this the other day. There's just inherent differences between these skeletal, skeletal structures of men and women, biological men and women. So we'll talk a little bit about that and the 14th Amendment uh, and some other things that I know Kevin will want to discuss. He also has a radio show called the Jeff, Kevin Jackson Network. And uh, we'll be join, he'll be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, let's see, there's some sound bites today. Uh, that I want to share with you of uh, Tucker Carlson, which I thought was very clever, gave his first uh, announcement, and he did it at exactly the same time that he normally does or did his talk show on Fox. And this runs about two minutes. And because we're all such big fans of Tucker, we want to give it its attention. It's due. So here is Tucker Carlson and the speech that he gave 24 hours ago. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. Well, See you soon. And we will, I'm sure, right? Isn't it interesting that even the networks couldn't shut them down? You know, AOC and her deplatforming rhetoric. We're going to shut him down. He is inciting violence. And here he is 24 hours later, and I bet you that was something that was I probably could find out, but I bet you it's in the tens of millions 
of people that clicked somewhere. They've got it on their phone. It's out there. Once it's out there, there's no holding back. It's almost as if he could just do 15 minutes a night and go find a key sponsor, and he could probably make $10 million for the rest of his life. He wouldn't have all the fancy graphics, right? You know, and he wouldn't have all of the fancy news ticker, and he wouldn't have to deal with, you know, 15 minutes of commercials every hour. So that would be a that would be nice, but you know he said a couple of things there, and uh, that's why we do this show because we have to keep pushing back against the rhetoric, uh, and I'll give you a good example of some of that rhetoric here with uh, Jen Granholm. You know I'm such a big fan of our Secretary of Energy because I think she's so brain dead, just like Tucker mentioned. She has no idea about physics, none whatsoever. She doesn't understand the basics of energy or kinetics or climate for that matter. And yet there she is. She's out there pushing policy that is creating hardship on uh, American citizens in multiple ways. One in cost and two lack of available cheap ways of getting around town. And they're driving prices up at the pump, which is hurting the, the lowest of the low in society. The people that have to get up and drive to work. Now people are having to take a bus is that what we want? We want everybody on a bus? And for what? To curb emissions? And how many emissions are you curbing when you have to dig 250,000 square feet of rubble just to get enough lithium and cobalt to make that battery so it can be charged by an inner energy grid that is being strained because lithium batteries for cars require a tremendous amount of energy. But that doesn't matter to uh, Jen Granholm because, you know, she lives in this world where everybody, it's like Teletubby world where the, the pastures are green and we all just get along and, <clears throat> and there's no consequence to any of our actions. Here she is spreading a bunch of propaganda. Do you support the military adopting that EV fleet by 2030? I do. And I think we can get there. No, you, we can't get there. There's no way we can get there. What are they going to power? The, the question is, does she support EVs for the military? A complete overhaul of military transport on electric vehicles. Obviously, they're not going to work for airplanes. Obviously, they're not going to work for uh, helicopters. Those things require diesel, fossil fuel, and that will never change. A B-52 will never get off the ground from renewables. I can guarantee you that. An aircraft carrier will never be powered by a windmill. Or a solar panel. Now you talk nuclear energy. I'm there with you. But that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about electric energy. And rechargeable batteries. And she wants to convert the military's ground forces. I'm imagining. You know cars. Jeeps. Things like that. Vehicles that transport on the ground. Into electric vehicles. Where are you going to get all of that electricity? Where's it going to come from? The consumer grid? She does, has no idea what she's talking about. And she's up there acting as if she's got all the answers. Hold on here. We're going to have to revisit that in just a minute because what she just said made no sense. The exact opposite is true. You're listening to Speaking Out America. JR, stay tuned. Don't forget our website, speakingoutamerica.com. And we are proudly a part of the CRN Talk lineup, 5 to 6, Monday through Friday, right here. And we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Speaking Out America. Don't forget to check out the website, speakingoutamerica.com. And I've got a couple of good uh, articles that I want you to read. I know that you'll enjoy them. And I think we'll go ahead and post the Tucker Carlson audio that you just heard a little while ago in which he talks a lot about, well, basically the depravity of our leadership. There is no leadership. The people that are in charge are not smart at all. And proof of this is our own Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, former governor of Michigan. Here she's being asked if the military and other areas of the government are going to be prepared to convert to electric vehicles. Now, you know, we have talked about this very thing. Uh, an extensive article on that, also at speakingoutamerica.com. Electric vehicles are, are dead end. They're fine now because of the shiny new object, but they are not sustainable. And we had the, the police department of New York say, wait a minute, we can't handle all these EVs. The energy required to charge these vehicles is through the roof. That's why when California was going through a heat wave and they were telling electric vehicle car owners, can you not charge your cars? We need the electricity. They suck a lot of energy, kilowatts of energy. And that that's only just to keep them charged. The amount of energy that goes into retrieving the materials is through the roof. And you would think that Secretary Granholm would know this. But she says that it's not fossil fuels that will make us energy dependent. It's the energy that we grow. Ukraine can jack up prices for people back home. It, it uh, does not contribute to energy security. I think energy security is achieved when we have homegrown clean energy that is abundant, like you see mm -hmm. in Iowa. We think that we can uh, be a leader globally in how we have become energy independent. Now, she's talking about hydrogen or uh, natural gas. No, she's talking about God knows what she's talking about. What's this about Iowa? It, it, Iowa has wind farms. Again, we're, we're, our future is in the hands of these people. Uh, she's the same person who endorses the retrieval of gas stoves. And again, this all goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, but I'm not going to go off on that right now. It's just, it's, I spend so much time talking about it and we'll have plenty of opportunities, but this is one example of why what Tucker is saying is right. There are not enough real debates going on. For example, about Sudan. You're likely to hear about Sudan on this program because I'll go the extra mile and I'll ask the question, why are we fighting over there? Could it have anything to do with the fact that we are arming the insurgency, that our CIA is over there propping up this, this surrogate army to take over the, the government that's in control? And why are they doing this? Because they don't want Sudan to have a partnership with Russia that would involve Russia having a naval base. Now, politically, maybe that's justified. They're our enemy, and maybe we want to curtail the growth. But it's not our neighborhood. Last time I checked, Sudan was on the eastern coast of Africa. That's nowhere near America. So morally, we have no right to even intervene. Maybe militarily we do, but I don't know if the American citizen is really happy about the fact that we're over there funding yet another insurgency. And proof of this is the fact that when Victoria Newland or whoever it was called for a ceasefire, the insurgent army uh, uh, receded. They stopped. They listened. Maybe it's because they're being funded. Who knows? But our taxpayers are paying for what's going on over there. 
And at the end of the day, there are going to be 10,000 or so Americans that are stuck in Sudan because we screwed up. Now, that's a good debate to have, isn't it? Let's talk about that on CNN. Let's talk about that on Fox. Let's talk about the interchange that I heard earlier with with uh, Rand Paul and Samantha Powers talking about USAID, which was set up to help impoverished around the world, has been funding government research on coronavirus. Did you hear any of this interchange anywhere in the media? Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. Yeah, well, so let me get this up, queued up here. This, this is my hero, Rand Paul, taking on Samantha Powers. We did not fund gain-of-function research, That's not the as question. you know. The question is, did you fund coronavirus research in Wuhan, China? Before my time, there was the PREDICT program with which you're familiar, which ended in China in 2019. This is a $200 million program, and the GAO has also identified that some of these grants went directly to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where there is a suspicion that the lab leak began, that began the pandemic. Um, Has USAID awarded funds to the Academy of Military Medical Sciences in China? I, not to my knowledge, but I'd have to get I think the answer is once again yes. GAO has found that there have been subawards of NIH money is probably as well as USAID money that went to the Academy of not just medical research, military medical research in China. Now, part of the unknowns here is we can't get the records to look at this. So I've been asking for months and months for records. In September of last year, I wrote Ms. Powers, the USAID, a request asking for records from the PREDICT program. These are not classified. These are simply records of scientific research, and we want to read the grants to find out what they were doing and whether the research was dangerous or not. Um, The response I got from your agency was, USAID will not be providing any documents at this time. Now, see, you won't see that on mainstream news. Because that was about, oh, I don't know, 45 seconds, which I, I think some focus group somewhere determined that the average American doesn't have an attention span that can expand beyond 30 seconds. That's why they won't give that news, because it's too messy. It's too complicated. But I know that when you were listening, what you were hearing was that we had a senator who was grilling the director of USAID, which is a branch of some division of the State Department that goes around and medals around the world under the guise of helping the impoverished. And what they do is they go over and they get involved. And what you just heard was that our USAID, which is a taxpayer-funded organization, was giving money to the Chinese for experiments in military weaponry and in coronavirus. And the senator had said, I have requested information for two years, and you guys have shut me down. Now, that's big news. That's worth a debate. You know what else is worth a debate? A debate of the vaccine adverse effects. One of the reasons that they believe that Tucker Carlson was fired was because he touched, he crossed the red line. He started calling into question how Moderna and Pfizer had essentially foisted upon the American people an experimental drug that has since been causing side effects and adverse effects that are killing people. And our press won't touch it. And I think that that's why Rupert Murdoch got the call. Pfizer is the leader in advertising right now across all major news media. Do you think they want the general public knowing that their vaccine was experimental and deadly? Of course not. You know that that's not what they want people to know. That would destroy the narrative. Now, it's it's also why you've got people like Fauci and 
Newsom and Trudeau going on record saying, hey, I didn't force you to take the vaccine. Because, see, they know that the adverse effects are there. The heart murmurs, the myocarditis, uh, young people dying out playing soccer on a sunny day or going for a jog or, or getting, like Diane Feinstein, getting some strange disease that won't go away that looks like shingles. They know. And so now they're trying to distance themselves from all of this. We'll continue with this discussion. Kevin Jackson coming up here on Speaking Out to talk about the trans movement in women's sports when we continue. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. I am JR, and I'm very honored to have come on the show this first time up uh, that Kevin is uh, talking to us on this program. Kevin Jackson is first and foremost, as I know him, is a an entrepreneur and a talk show host and a damn good one. Big part of uh, a vice president of content management at Wimkin. Uh, another way for conservatives, as we're talking about Tucker Carlson earlier, saying there are few voices, but there are voices and they are out there. And so I'm always excited when there's anything on the Internet that is not being run and managed by a bunch of woke, crazy, cult-like. <laughs> yeah, so Ke- Kevin Jackson of uh, the Kevin Jackson Network. So welcome aboard. How are you, sir? Good, man. Hey, uh, glad. Thanks for the Wimkin reference and, and uh, the social media footprint of all these other sites. So what I will say is there will be a consolidation of the gabs and the various other sites that are out there. Parlor just pretty much announced that they're shutting down. Uh, and Wimkin is benefiting from this because we stood firm during J6. We had 8 million people that the, the government wanted us to, to narc on, and we told them no. We took them to court and we won. So it is great to have these new voices out there. But as I told you during the when we were kind of getting set up, Wimkin is going to be streaming live concerts of conservative, very good conservative performers you've never heard of. They're going to be doing uh, music, film festivals. We're going to be uh, showcasing comedians. I'm, I'm on tour right now for the Unapologetically American Comedy Tour. And we talk about everything. So it's a site where you come and you enjoy and you stick around. Now, these are things that will be coming up shortly. Right now, if you just go there, it looks like Facebook and others. But uh, there's roughly uh, 500,000 people a day on that site talking about conservative stuff. And soon they'll be coming back to look at our TV shows and our other productions and even radio stuff. So we got a lot of things coming. I just wanted to get that plug in because I think it's important people know about that. But what's really important is what's in the news. You know, what's happening right now in society where I I was doing a thing today that says, wouldn't you like to wake up to normal, the old normal where boys were boys and, you know, they they couldn't have men couldn't have babies and we knew what they were. And wouldn't you like to know that your president wasn't a demented clown who had a crackhead son running a family's crime family and everybody's covering it up? Wouldn't you like a media that told it the way it was? Wouldn't you like a government that told you the truth? about Wu flu and the vaccines and that, you know what, this, this, this the virus, though it will kill a few people, isn't as bad as we think it is. And oh, by the way, we are going to develop vaccines, but understand they, there will be side effects. Wouldn't you just like to know the absolute truth and everything that you're being delivered versus the lies that you're constantly being fed? That's what I'd like to go back to. I think one of the observations I'll make is that one of the reasons I think the voices on 
social media platforms like Twitter are so powerful is because it's a consolidation of all the left voices on one platform. So when that platform goes after someone, it gives the appearance of the, of it being this tremendously gigantic army. And so if you juxtapose that to say, you've got a collection of websites like Getter and like you say, you know, Rumble and uh, Parler and the and True Social, these are all, if, if there's a way to combine all of those people into one, that would give your site, Wimkin, a, a more power, the appearance of, of an equal army. And that's what I, I think conservatives I, yeah, need. I agree in, in part of it. The, what the left did is they dominated the site. Let's use Twitter pre-Elon pre Musk. They dominated it. And I can tell you this firsthand. When I made the comment that got me fired from Fox News, I, did, I, I just tweeted it, that the Kavanaugh accusers were lying skanks. I can I could, could keep, give you screenshots and show you the the people that attacked me. They what was funny is eighty percent of them or more were had just gotten started and they had two comments. It was all bot traffic. I'm talking about thousands, mm. and we looked at almost every one of them, and they were bot traffic. It wasn't legitimate people saying, Kevin, you're wrong, or I don't believe it, or whatever. Most people believe me. Even the left believe me. They know those women were lying skanks. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, nobody believed those people. Well, the rape, it was my hypothalamus and my hippocampus. No rape, rape victim talks like that. <laughs> they, they cry because of, they can remember the horror of a sexual assault. They don't talk about how their brain was functioning. So you knew it was BS, but anyway, Fox fired me because, oh, all the traffic that they were getting, and it was an outcry. Look at Joe Biden. They said, oh, he's got 22 million people. As soon as Elon Musk bought it, turns out he had one-tenth of actual followers. Look at AOC. They make it sound like she's the, the best thing since sliced bread. Look at how many people she has. Nobody cares about that woman. So on the one side of it, they're lying about the statistics the same way they lied about the number of people who died with flu and the number of people who were actually killed from that stupid vaccine. Now, look at the flip side. What do we have? Yes, we need a consolidation, but we need more than just what they offer. It isn't just the idea of let's create a new Facebook and let's do that. And here's what conservatives do. They all get into fights and battles. And here's what I will say about the conservative movement. Practically everybody who started a social media site, didn't start it to further the movement and to really fight against the cause of, of injustice happening on the other side. It was all done personally. How can I benefit? How can I grab this audience and make it mine? Wimkin, then Jason Shepard is the owner of that company, and I'm a, a part owner, he, but he's majority owner. He's the founder. I can guarantee you that guy founded that site for one reason only – no self-aggrandizement, not to make himself big. Most people would never know his name if I never said it. He did it because he was responding to what was happening, and he wanted to solve a real problem. And he brought me on because he says, Kev, how can we do this where people see this as it's theirs? So people can invest in Wimkin, number one. And number two, as I mentioned, we're going to be doing things that make people come over and you want to see movies that aren't proselytizing, where Supergirl doesn't have to be a gay, lesbian, transsexual Guatemalan midget? Come over to check out what we put on Wimkin. <laughs> we were going to put up stuff that we know 
people, not just conservatives, people want to see films with good stories. They want to see comics who are willing to, to spit truth, not have to cut their, bite their tongue, you know, bite their tongue because somebody doesn't want you talking about Hunter Biden, the crackhead, and they want you talking about Hunter Biden, the Renaissance painter that gets $500,000 a painting. That's the difference. And that's what we've got to learn how to, to change and adapt. And that's why Wimkin is different than anything that's out there. You know, I was reading an article today where they were talking about the Bud Light and the whole travesty that happened because of Dylan yeah, Ma- Mulvaney. Yeah, Mulvaney. And, and the thing was, the, the author had a point, which is we showed that we have a voice. You're right. And, and here's the deal. The, the left will use, in this case, they, they want to push trans- transgender crap. So they get the transgender community, you know, drag shows, and we're screaming about drag shows and all that, but they get them to get involved. Look at who they normally they'll feature. They won't feature the white ones. They'll feature black or brown. But in this case, they pick Dylan. But they pick – normally they use black folks. We do all the crying for the left. Oh, Lord, they're going crazy. They they don't want to pay pay taxes and white people because they don't want to help us. You know, (laughs) we're the ones out there yelling on behalf of them. Well, guess what? We should be doing the same thing. We have uh, black folks that are on the on the right who are getting, uh, you know, we're getting penalized. We're getting called Uncle Toms and all kinds of stuff. We should be yelling. We should be yelling that the Republican Party is too stupid. They can't even let people realize that Abe Lincoln was actually Republican, not Democrat, and, yeah. and the Republican Party freed the slaves. I mean, we can't even sell our own truth. Message. So, yeah. So, yeah, we you, know, yeah. you got people that don't know how to sell a message messaging for you. So I tell people, look, when you find champions, people out there that you like, people out there who are willing to put their lives on the line like me that get threatened by the, the Black Lives Matter and the National New Black Panther Party, they're going to put two in my brain and one in my heart. Jeez. When you get people out there fighting who, who say, well, bring it. Come do it. You know, I don't, I don't run around with bodyguards. If you think you're going to take me out, you better don't pack a lunch because I'm about to knock your teeth out. With people that are willing to fight for this country, fight for what we believe in, we're, we are not ethnocentric. We are not. You know what we are? We are America-centric, and that's what leftists hate. That's why they call us maggots. Make America great again. They've turned that into maggots. Yeah, I hate because that. Because they don't like people that want to make America great again. What could you fight against with that? Yeah. You, t- tell me what we don't want. Do we not want great schools for their kids? Do we not want safe communities for their, for their citizens? Do we not want equal justice? Tell me what we're fighting against that they're so, you know, oh, I can't believe those stupid conservatives. They want you to believe in a higher power. They want you to believe in, you know, going to school and the family and church and military and corporate America, you know, et cetera. What, what are we doing that's so bad that we can't sell? Nothing. No question about it. Kevin Jackson is putting it out there, and I hope that you'll come back. The Kevin Jackson Network is how you can find this man, and you can also find, uh, which is Wimkin.com, Wimkin.com. Kevin Jackson, Speaking Out America, your host, JR, and we will continue. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. So glad that you could be here. I always like to hear from you as well. Speaking Out America at gmail.com. If you've got a question or a comment or something you want to talk about or you think that we should discuss on this program. Um, you know, the we were just talking with Kevin about this whole issue with trans. And I'm thinking about this, this uh, person up in Montana. And uh, even with the sound down, 
you know, and I watch and I see glimpses of the news where you see these, these men that are, that have the appearance of being a woman kind of, even though it's very clear to tell, you can tell that they're not. And I just can't help but to wonder, you know, when did it start becoming, uh, when did it start becoming important for us to affirm people's mental illness? I remember we were always taught when it came to people that had bulimia, you know, or people that were anorexic. Because, you know, scientifically, in their mind, their emotions, for whatever reason, whatever trauma they had, whatever, however it got into their head, they decided that they were fat. They were overweight or they were, they, the way they saw themselves was being dangerously overweight even when they look in the mirror. And so they either starve themselves or they eat and then they don't keep the food, you know? And so I've seen people that are shockingly thin. I mean, it looks like they just are, they have a physical ailment, but I know that what it is, is, is a mental disease because they see themselves differently from the way the rest of the world sees them. And they can't break it. Like you have people that say, you know, I just, I identify as a woman. I can't, I can't help it. I feel like I'm in the wrong body. But then you have other people that say that men and women are essentially the same. And this is why we have equal rights and equal opportunity and equity. But if that's true, then why would it be a big difference to have a different body? And how would you know that you're, you're in the wrong body? You've never been in another body before. What happens if you go to the other body? And you decide, well, this doesn't feel good either. You go back to the other body. Try doing that. People that have reversed trans, they get ostracized by the trans community. They're called traitors. They're completely disavowed. They're completely shunned. They're an embarrassment to the team. And that's not right. That's not tolerance. That's not inclusion. So when I see this this uh, legislator up in Montana, and it's and it's all about by the way, what they're protesting in Montana, which wouldn't be surprising to anybody who isn't from Montana. We're actually on in Montana, KHDN, the vigilante 1230. Hi to all the listeners. And, you know, you've got this transgender legislator who is expecting everybody else in the room to comply with the affirmation of that person. And that person is making an argument that young children should be allowed to have transition surgery. They should be able to have puberty blockers, estrogen blockers. They should have the right to make the choice. And then the doctor should have the right to be able to operate or treat this person for their gender dysphoria. But my question is, as in the case of the person who might be bulimic uh, or suffer from an eating disorder, because they see themselves as being something other than what they are physically. Why don't we affirm people who have eating disorders? Why do we try to tell them, no, you're not thin or you're, you're not going to get overweight. You need to eat. Would that be, would that be uh, cruel? Would that be seen as cruel? And so that's why I say, why are we, why are we treating people who have mental illness and going along with it? And how did it get tr- tied to uh, sexuality? I don't think this has anything to do with when you talk about sex, we're talking about 
a relationship, a physical relationship between two individuals. But this has nothing to do with sex other than the sexual gender. So why is LGBTQ so concerned about a person's identity and their, and their mental state? And the answer is, I don't know. I wish I knew, but I don't have an answer. But I'll tell you what isn't the answer. The answer isn't to allow the medical industry to exploit this, what is a trend, because it's irreversible for young children. Children are not allowed to drink. They're not allowed to smoke. They're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to vote. They're not allowed to do a lot of things because we know as adults that their minds have not finished growing. They, they haven't developed. They haven't developed good choice-making skills. Uh, they're still learning. But now what they're being taught is that they're empowered with this newfound freedom where they can choose their own identity. And that's pretty dangerous. I think all things being equal, most adults that are opposed to this trans ideology are, uh, are opposed to it for that reason, because they understand that when you're dealing with children, you have to have kid gloves. So the story, Montana State House Republicans on Wednesday silenced Democratic transgender legislator Zoe Zephyr from the floor debates for breaking decorum after she said lawmakers who backed a ban on gender-affirming health care for minors would have blood on your hands. Under the motion that passed with a vote of 68 to 32, Zephyr will be allowed to vote, but is barred from the House floor. Uh, and that means that you're going to have every uh, every activist on the planet heading towards, and the ACLU will be involved, and they're all calling it censoring. But they, again, you know, this is similar to what happened in Tennessee. You know, three children got shot by a transgender who was on who knows what kind of drugs and three adults were shot at a Christian church school, the very church that this shooter, Audrey Hale attended as a youth. Now the media, because they're, they don't want to have the real debate, won't talk about the mental illness that sometimes is connected with transgenderism. Also, they won't talk about the drugs that can sometimes amp up people and get them agitated or irritated and we've seen examples of transgender violence in recent history. But instead, all the conversation became about were three Tennessee legislators, two of whom are African-American, and how they were censored, how they were banned from the, the floor of the, uh, the House Senate or the State Senate. Why? Because they were calling for an overthrow. They were calling for riots. That's not the way the system works in this country. You want to change a law? You go to your legislator and you convince them. You don't show up with bullhorns if you're the legislator with bullhorns, you know, yelling at your fellow legislators. You're supposed to be in the House talking and having debates. And now we went from a tragic shooting of a transgender female, three children, innocent children involved, three adults dead. But the conversation shifted to gun control and racism. See how that works? This is what Tucker's talk, talking about. This entire show really is about what Tucker has referred to. And this is why I got upset when Tucker got ousted, because that's one more voice not having these kinds of debates. And they're tough to have these kinds of debates. We should be having a debate about how much we want to continue to fund Ukraine. That war is going nowhere. They're going to get 
defeated. There's just no way that they're going to run out of money or they're going to run out of our money before they run out of their own. And Russia and Xi Jinping is saying, look, look, buddy, you want to continue this? They're going to open up a can of whoop ass on you. Right now, you should be concerned with how much of Ukraine you can save, mister. That's what Xi Jinping said to Zelensky. I'm not going to back you, but if you're smart, you'll make a deal and, and at least still have some semblance of a country. And the Americans can help you rebuild because Americans are, are generous, if not foolish. We could have a debate about that, but the media won't allow anyone to have a debate about it because it means that for some reason you might be siding with Russia. We should have a, de- a debate about whether or not it's right for a... a 70-year-old woman to come out of the woodwork and try to claim that Trump raped her in a, in, a, in a public locker room. I mean, is it true or is it not? It was, 19, what was it, 1990. I can't, it was 30 years ago. No witnesses. She doesn't know the date. It kind of sounds like the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. I mean, something that significant, I would have written it down somewhere. I would have had some record of it. See, people are supposed to be presumed innocent in our country. And then you have to prove their guilt. It's not that they're they're guilty and they have to prove their innocence. And that's what's happening with Trump at every turn. And besides, we can see through the thin veneer. We can see through the thin veneer. This is all, in the t- whether it's Tucker, whether it's silencing uh, other Republican voices, whether it's silencing certain members of the press, uh, whether it's... The issue about this particular government is that they don't want anybody disagreeing with them. And this is why you'll never get a press conference where the press are allowed to ask the president about his relationship with China or Hunter Biden or how much money he's making off the green revolution. I mean, Al Gore's made billions in carbon carbon, uh, trading. Unbelievable that people don't know more about that story. Oh, and by the way, there was 51 uh, former intelligence officers that signed a letter that was on official government letterhead. You know what? That's a crime. That's a felony. You think any of those guys will see jail time anytime soon? Probably not. Not under this current administration and not if this administration is allowed to continue. Speaking of continuing, this is where I have to do it again another time. And we appreciate you stopping by. Don't forget to check out our website. And that, of course, is speakingoutamerica.com. See you next time right here on CRN Talk, Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific.